0: For SEN America, this is the SEN NFL
1: Podcast. Hello and welcome to the SEN NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Garraway, and joining me in the SEN studios down here in Richmond, to my right is James Arthur, to my left is punter, NFL punter, Chris Bryan. How are we, boys?
2: Hello. Very well, very well. James, good to see you, mate. It's been a long time, Chris. It has. I really missed... We all know how much I miss Richie, but I feel like since I've gone, you've grown just a sick mo.
3: Yeah, I did. Yeah. The, yeah, the missus wasn't happy with it, but. Um, that's life. Hence why it stayed? That's why it's still
1: there. She <laughs> said
3: it's the ugliest thing she'd ever seen. so... Oh. Camp's back, so you've got to grow the mows and the beards in camp, so that's nice. Yeah, that's, fair that's, enough. That's fair enough.
1: Love it. Speaking of camp, today we'll get over to the newsroom. We'll take a look at the Australians when we go into Camp Crunch. The next division we'll be taking a look at will be the NFC North. And today we'll finish by taking a quick look at the Hall of Fame class from 2016 who were just enshrined into Canton. It's our 55th podcast. There's supposed to be football but there's not. So we're just going to have to go to the newsroom.
0: It's time to go into the newsroom on the SEN NFL podcast.
1: As I just mentioned, the Hall of Fame game between the Packers and the Colts was cancelled due to poor field condition. This decision came after the paint on the field congealed and rubberized, according to Hall of Fame spokesman David Baker.
3: Well done, David. Um, how, how does this happen with all the technology? I mean, what were they actually painting on the ground that was so important anyway? The and Hall of Fame logo, logo probably. I yeah. mean, but like seriously, surely they know how to paint the ground after all this time. So many grounds have been painted, you know. I think I read something earlier about how many people it actually like affected, not just the players, because they obviously wouldn't have given two. Two hoots about it, to be honest, but you know, fans that can't see their teams play have travelled, gone to hotels and all that sort of stuff, spent thousands of dollars and someone screwed up on the paint job and now they miss out. So. It
1: was a pilgrimage for the Packers fans because a lot of them would have been down there for Brett Favre going into the Hall of Fame of do you get and your to money see back? their team. If you bought a ticket, do you get your money back? You'd have to get your ticket back, but you're not going to get your flight and your hotel and, mm. and everything else, you know.
2: Do you know what the NFL should do, considering they earn so much money, that's why they can put Game Pass up by about $100 this year? They could just say to everyone who went to the game, we're just going to give you a voucher or something like that. I think I'd
3: make everyone pretty Yeah, I'm happy. sure they will do that. I'm sure Roger Goodell would probably go into his own pocket and, you know, refund <laughs> yeah.
2: everyone as well. I wouldn't think so. Oh, he'll just find the first guy to do a cheap hit and give that back to the,
1: to the, the fans.
2: Yeah, so, uh, look, it's disappointing, isn't
3: All it? All the
1: fans it, got screwed and they'll stay screwed. Yeah, <laughs> they're they not getting they anything. Do.
2: It's a shame. Look, I guess you, the one, you know, positive of it is that they didn't play and risk players' safety. So, you know, it's a silver lining, I guess, but because last year apparently the field was pretty bad as well and they had the same situation and people got hurt in that game and D'Angelo Williams, the Pittsburgh Steelers running back who played in that game last year, tweeted today saying, you know, you could have called it off last year for the same reasons and then a kicker Torrey's ACL and three other players did their MCLs. So that was his response. So it makes me think that maybe it was the same situation as last year and they might have learned from their mistakes.
1: And the worst thing is it's a brand new field. Like it's yeah. a it's a newly laid field. It was literally the paint job going on it that they screwed up. So, it' pretty embarrassing for the NFL. Who don't this stuff doesn't usually happen to the NFL. So it's a bad look.
3: Not oh, with all the like all the money they spend. Um, yeah, being a new field, you'd think you'd have it all, trialed and tested. You know, if they're putting in the new field. But yeah, obviously, it wasn't, and something went wrong. And yeah, like you said, it's. Play safety obviously comes first, so they you know they made the right decision in the end, I guess.
1: Yeah, there was there were some really funny tweets about it too. I'd advise people to jump online and it was um, do the Hall of Fame hashtag. You know, people complaining of having blue balls because <laughs> <laughs> they've been waiting so long. It was, there that. was some good stuff. It yeah. was pretty funny, um, but it does mean now that the first game of the preseason will be, I think it's Friday our time. I think there's some it's Thursday. Ther- games. It's the Thursday
2: night game, I believe. So look. <laughs> It's a meaningless game, but it's still football and I would have liked to watch it. Yeah, me too. And I planned my day around watching it Instead, I had to watch the Dallas Cowboys uh, blue versus white scrimmage, which wasn't nearly as exciting.
1: That would have been painful. Yeah, Yeah,
2: I recorded
3: it, so I don't even know what was being recorded now, so I have to go (laughs) go home and check that
2: I reckon it would be soccer, if it was on Foxtel, soccer for sure. Yeah, disappointing. Yeah, I'm not sure
1: where it was. Um, Moving on, Brandon Spikes reunited with the Bills on a one-year deal uh, after being away from the NFL. Uh, he had had a workout with Miami as well, I understand, but chose to sign with the Bills.
2: Look, he he's an odd guy because he he is a really good football player, but he can't cover. So in the modern football where people pass so often, there's just not enough room for that, you know, what we like to call a banger of a middle linebacker who's going to come down and, hit, and hit, hit the linebackers. He's a good tackler. And really good against the run, but teams just spread those guys out now and force them to cover, and they're too smart. So it's interesting. It's definitely a um, a Rex Ryan move, but you've got to remember that during the week, their second-round pick, Reggie Ragland, who, in my opinion's probably the top middle linebacker in the draft, he went down with an injury, and they're not sure how long that's going to keep him out. So I would say that's a bit of insurance in case he can't get back. It's a very low contract. It's a one-year deal. They can easily cut him if he doesn't work out. But, you know, I think that's just Rex throwing someone a bone and giving him a chance, much like he did with Reggie Bush.
3: Not sure what his contract status was, but if he...
2: It's only reported as a one-year deal. Yeah. It'll be close to a vet
3: minimum. Yeah. So, I mean, if they haven't, if he's got no guaranteed money in it, like, they get the next four weeks to see what it's about. Yep. If not, cut him and, you know... I move on. And move on, so... Yeah,
2: it's good. Uh, Rich... I know you haven't got this in the rundown. There's two things I wanted to discuss very Fire quickly. Navarro Bowman getting his extension. So he, he's currently still got three years left on his deal, including this year. It was a four-year, 40, 40, $44 million extension, which basically turns his contract into a seven-year, $77 million deal. Now, if you look at that, if he was to play all seven years... It's only about you know $11 million a year. So that's pretty good for a quality middle linebacker. Now he's, he's 28, but he's a very good player. So people are ragging on them. But one, there's two things it's done. One, it's locked a guy down. And you know what? There's not a lot of guaranteed money in it, so it's not a big deal. And two, it's given fans something the 49ers are doing because there is no positive coming out of that camp. They're going to be terrible this year. There's no hype. I think they're trying to build something by re-signing their best football player.
1: It's a bargain. Yeah, I agree. It's a great signing. Yep, yeah,
2: I agree. And if you and he won't play it all out because he's twenty-eight, and that he's not going to chance of him playing to thirty-five. Or although you know a lot of linebackers do, but you know I think it's a great deal for them.
1: Yeah, add some more security for him. There's a bit more guaranteed money in it for him, and yeah, yeah, happy camper. Good deal, as far as I can tell.
2: Definitely. And the other thing I want to discuss. Now, um, sorry, Joey Bosa, this is getting nasty.
1: Yeah, mum's, mum, mum's, mum's involved. involved.
2: <laughs> mum, mum tweeted today, or in an interview today, said we should have pulled an Eli Manning. Now, if people don't understand, what happened with Eli Manning was he was the touted number one pick. San Diego had the pick. He said, if San Diego pick me, I will not play for them. San Diego picked him. He kicked up a fuss, cried and sooked about it. So, Eli Manning and Philip Rivers, who was picked number four by the Giants, they basically swapped them around. So, that's what she meant by that. Uh, it's... This is getting nasty, and it's getting stupid. He's a rookie that needs to prove himself. He needs to get in camp.
1: They need him in
3: camp.
2: Chris, how were rookies treated in camp from when you, you were
3: there? You get... Yeah, you don't get anything special. I mean, I... uh Brian Balaga was... He was the first round pick when I was there, Um he didn't get any special treatment. He, you know, he got he had to do all the rookie stuff: carry the helmets and the, carry the pads from training, and yep. you know, buy the sandwiches for the flight. You know, so yeah, you you touted as that first round pick, but you still got to earn your stripes. Um, and I think with the the way the contracts are now, uh, with not so much you know guaranteed money like in the old days, you know, they, they were in, you know such crazy deals for guys that hadn't proven themselves at that mm. level. Um, you know, he has to get there and prove that he can play. You it's know? crazy to me. So um, I, I heard you guys talk about, yeah, the upfront money, the sign-on bonus is you should get it straight away. But guess what? You know, that club has their way of dealing with it. You get some, you get the rest when it's... Like, I, I think the club holds firm and go, this is the way we do business, not yeah. you rookie coming out of the draft saying, and give me your money.
2: When does... This guy is privileged to be in the NFL. It's not a right. It is a privilege Mm -hmm. that he is blessed with the football ability that he is. So he needs to suck it up and get into camp, or he will quickly be touted as he will have no respect from anyone no matter how well he plays. And when your team don't get around you, it makes it that much harder to be successful.
3: Well, it just shows that he's there for himself and not for the team. Exactly. And, you know, you want to come out of college and you want to prove yourself. You want to be a good teammate.
1: Yep. What what's the chance they have two first round busts in a row? Like I don't want to call Gordon, it's, Gordon it's a, bit, a bust, bit premature, but, but yeah, you, first round picks you want production out of them in the first year. That's what they're for.
2: Especially the number three overall pick, yeah. Who let's not? You know, I think we we talked about this last week. Let's not beat around the bush. There's some question marks whether he can be successful in that scheme. Yeah, and he's not giving himself any chance to be successful, behaving this way. And you know what? His mum shut up and let him play football because that is not going to help anyone. See my mum probably would have come out and said the same thing but
3: <laughs> yeah all it does it puts more pressure on him. Like yeah. you know yeah he's number 3 pick and there was a lot of expectation on him going there but now like it's, it's attention they don't need. They don't need it not when they're that not that good a side and they you know they got a go somewhere you don't need this this early in their transition
1: no all i know is he's gonna have a lot of meals to pay for when he turns up because yep that's how it works 100%. <laughs> so he'll be ordering a lot um next we'll be going over to camp crunch and we're gonna take a look at the aussies in the nfl this year
0: what's happening in training camp this week this is camp crunch and it's going local We're going local on the Sen NFL podcast.
1: You like that? Two drops back to back.
2: Pretty clever. You're getting the hang of that board. Jeez, I you, am. We there, will.
1: Uh, <laughs> we'll start in New York. Uh, Brad Wing, punter, just got his nice three-year deal. Um, actually, quite a bit of guaranteed money in there too. So he knows. He knows pretty he much, much all guaranteed. Yeah, money. knows what he'll be getting. There is zero competition in camp. Uh, from everything I've read, he's been having a good camp and he's locked in in that spot. He'll be on the day one roster.
2: Yeah, he's cruising, and as he should be. He's a really good punter, um, and he's you know he's won himself that spot. And I think once you kind of settle yourself in, you, it's pretty hard to throw someone off.
0: Yeah,
3: look, I think if you know if he's just getting the job done day in day out, um, you know in camp they're not going to stress too much about him. They know what he's going to. You know, produce, they'll work more on their protections and stuff like that rather than make him kick every day, kick every day if they're in competition Um, look they gave up obviously they traded for him I think um, last year with Pittsburgh so you know they had, they saw something in him they gave up Steve Weatherford who'd done the job for a long time um, and now yeah new contract with a lot of guaranteed money you know they're not gonna, they're gonna he's obviously their guy Um, they believe in him and until he completely stuffs up, and then he's there. Yeah. So good on him. That's great.
1: Next one to look at, Adam Gotts' defensive end, Denver Broncos. Um, He basically, because he was a high draft pick for them, he's pretty much talked about every day, day in, day out. Um, The last couple of articles I've looked at... Just go to the
2: Warriors' Facebook page. (laughs)
1: Last couple of articles um, I've seen on him. He is doing more and more every day on that knee. He did contact drills this week. Um Full, full kit contract drills, not a heap of them, but he's looking like... He'll be right to go. He'll be right me. on that 53 roster and active. They never put him on the PUP or anything like that. Um, they eased him in, and they're upping his workload as they go. But you know, even Kuback was saying some good things about him. He also said he was still a rookie. Yeah. Um, he's got plenty to do. He's but- a
2: good pass rusher. They're going to use him as that... You know, I'm not saying he's going to be Malik Jackson, but they're going to use him in that role... As an interior pass rusher, and it's something he can—I think—he can be successful at. He was very good at it in college, and he played in a, in a good conference against some NFL-caliber players. There's no reason why he can't develop. He's big. He's a big kid, and he'll push people around. Did you have you watched All or Nothing, the Arizona? Yep. Did you see him on that? Yes. When they go to, they're watching Georgia, Georgia Tech, Tech, and the coaches are raving about him. Yep. When they're he's getting warmed up.
1: They're going, he's a big dude. Yeah. Yes, is that that I, Aussie kid? That so, was so yeah, great. He's that a big was awesome. Dude.
2: <laughs> so, look, obviously, he's an Australian. He's a Victorian. He's kicked my ass before. So, I hope he goes and he kicks NFL players' ass so I can compare myself to
0: them.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you'll be down. Um, <laughs> next, Chris, we're going to look at uh, another punter, Jordan Berry, um, in Pittsburgh. Now, he does have competition in camp, the former Duke. Punter whose name momentarily escapes me, yeah. um, but from all reports, is he is winning that battle? Um, I did see one story coming off one of the Pittsburgh blogs this week um, saying is unleashing carnage <laughs> at camp. So one would hope the incumbent will succeed there.
3: Yeah, you would think so. I mean, he obviously last year he beat out Brad Brad Wing, um, you know, which was hot competition for him. You know, Jordan's a great guy. You know, I've trained with him a few times early on, and you know, he leaves no stone unturned. He does everything possible. He's a true professional, um, and he has he has a massive leg. Um, So I think the competition coming in is probably good for Jordan as well. You know, to keep him on his toes. But um, you know, he was recently he did a tour with. Nathan Chapman was over there touring around the States and Jordan was with him doing some pro kicker camps and stuff and yeah some of the stuff coming from Chappie was just saying that Jordan's just in outstanding form just you know panning the ball time and time and time again so um you know a 5.5 sixes and stuff like that is is what he's producing so you know he's in good form competition to be good for him and you know I I I would think that he would keep his job because it was, you know, I think he did a solid job last year. So there's no reason to to not go with him again.
1: Yeah, I think that from the outside looking in, they've basically had competition at that position for the last three or four years in camp. And even though Jordan did a a more than respectable job last year, I think they're always going to keep looking until they're sure.
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you don't. You know, you got to be in that position, I reckon, for a good five, six years before they in before they not. You know, and they don't have money tied up with Jordan, so you know, if you have to let him go, then they let him go. But you know, he had a good. What's his average here? Is a forty-two average with a thirty-nine net. So I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty solid. So how many inside twenties is that? Inside twenties, he had twenty-eight out of yeah. fifty-nine punts. He had twenty-eight inside. That's a 20s. good number. So that's nearly half of every kick inside the twenty. And, he's, he's doing well.
1: And Pittsburgh play on a short field too. Not physically short, but they're a good offense, so most of the time yep. yeah, he's punting in a decent range where he can drop him inside Do the, the twenty.
2: The pooch punt, they like to call it in the NFL. They... Oh, uh, no. Not sure.
3: See, I've been away <laughs> off the desk for a few for a while, so I, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> someone trolling you. If, if you want not,
1: answer it, it, patch it through the board. No, it can't um can't be important. Next up, we got Lockie Edwards-Punter at the New York Jets, whose life got a whole lot easier um, last week, as we mentioned, um, with uh, Ray Guy winner Tom Hackett being cut to make room for Fitz, the quarterback, Fitz, Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Yep. Um, the Amish rifle. Disappointing for Tom, but um, good news for Lockie, who, bowl reports, has also been having a really good camp. Yeah,
3: I did read that about Lockie. Um, I checked in with Chappie about uh, Tommy Hackett to see... Uh, what the deal was, and they just said he he just says oh, I'm sick of dealing with the Jets. So, um, <laughs> Lockie's been kicking it well, but you know, he, I think Tom openly said that he's got a bigger leg than him. But you know, hopefully Tom picks up somewhere else and gets gets on another roster because I think you know to win a two time Ray Guy Award, he's uh, you know he's a quality kid and quality punter. So. Um, Good luck to him and Lockie, yeah, obviously got the job now. Hopefully they don't bring any more competition in for him and, um, yeah, he'll be in New York for the year.
1: Be fantastic. Two punters in New York. Yeah, that's right. it would be really good. Yeah, I'll actually... I'm probably going to end up seeing the Jets play this year, so I'm actually looking forward, hoping hoping he makes it. Um, The next two are more interesting. I'll I'll take... um, what I'll call the true Australian first. Blake Muir, offensive lineman at the San Francisco 49ers. He is a former a Sutherland Seahawk player in the New South Wales Gridiron League. Was via Baylor, where his brother is still playing. His younger brother still plays. Now, he's on a pretty deep San Francisco O-line roster there, James. I think he's got an uphill battle. Definitely. But he's at, he's getting quite a few reps from what I can tell.
2: He's currently sitting as the second guard. Uh, time will tell how he goes. They'll take... An NFL team will take, obviously, their five starters. They'll take two tackles, extra tackles, um, two extra guards, and one of those guards will be able to play center. And then they'll take what's called a swing, who's someone who can probably pitch in at any position when needed. His problem is he's only a guard. He's never played any other position, which is, is fine. But he, uh, he doesn't have... He can't have, be the swing guy. Exactly. He can't be that... You know, ninth guy, and that's where I kind of see him right now. Now, he could have a great camp and earn himself in there. Um, Chip Kelly's system, again, I think we discussed this when he got signed by the Niners, doesn't really suit him. He's a bruiser. He's a good power-run kind of of blocker. I don't know if that no-huddle, you know, read option system.
1: Yeah, look, so we'll see what happens. He's had a lot of games for them.
2: Yeah, oh, he was a great college player, and I think he'll be he'll be on the practice squad no matter what. I don't mm-hmm. think they'll let a guy like that go, but it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I God, I hope he can make that final roster. it It'd be fantastic for him, you know, first year out of college to get yourself in the system for a season. As just said, you know, there are a lot of good players that that, that don't don't make
1: rosters. Yeah, it it'd be awesome to see him. Yeah, you know, if he can't make that fifty three, make the the practice squad. For those who don't know, there are. Uh, rounds and rounds of, of cuts. Um, the first ones aren't due for you know, another couple of weeks, um, as they trim the Rosses, I think down to seventy five, then down to the fifty three. So yeah, there's some time left, and yeah, yeah he's got. A, he'll have a couple of practice games, try and prove himself there. Um, I'm not sure who the forty nine has got in their first one. I wouldn't honestly. I wouldn't have a clue.
2: Can, can I just? I've just clicked on a, a Daily Telegraph article about Blake Muir. Can I just read the opening line? Sure. Sydney rookie offensive lineman Blake Muir was excited about sharing the San Francisco 49ers locker room with Jared Hayne, but <laughs> suddenly the Aussie the Aussie superstar was gone. At what, what point did, did Jared Hane become a superstar? <laughs> Turn and this is supposed to be about Blake Muir, but then they go on for three paragraphs about mm, Jared oh, Hain. So thank you very much, Sydney Telegraph. Let's talk about a guy in the NFL, not Jared Hayne, who's not and he's currently trying to be the opening um, batsman for Boxing Day because it's his dream. <laughs> <laughs> did anyway. He, did he play on the week? Oh, who okay, so cares? <laughs> no, he did. Yeah, he, did play. he did play. Uh, oh, yeah, I yeah. think he played pretty well yeah. as well. But well. Good, good luck to Blake. I really hope he gets in there.
1: Um, I think I'm excited because he's like... Sorry to cut you off, Chris. I'm excited because he's, like, um, he's like Adam. He's a guy who played in the local leagues in Australia. Yeah. Th- this is the kind of exposure that is just awesome for the local leagues. I
2: actually spoke to, while we were away, with Paul Monera about him because he had a bit to do with him going to college because he was at Hawaii first. Uh, So, And he reckons he's a really, really good kid, works really hard, and, you know... Hopes, so let's see, if you're a hard worker, you give yourself every chance to make it in the NFL. That's all they want. Yeah, I they think want talent I think, and work.
3: What's going to be important for him is the work that he does. Um, I know you were talking about Tom Hackett last week about not being on the list. You know, if you're on there, at least you get some film. You know, you yep. know hopefully Blake gets some good film done. Um, you know, he might play in the, the first one or two, hopefully he gets a few reps in the 1st preseason games and get some stuff on film. And, you know, if he's doing all the right things, you know, either a practice squad or um, someone else could, could look at him and, and pick him up. So, yeah, good luck
2: to him.
1: Last one to touch on is our almost adopted Australian David Yankee, offensive guard, now at the Carolina Panthers. For those who don't know, uh, David was born in Australia, but did most of his growing up in the US. Played uh, guard at Stanford, where he was a really good guard on a very good team, one of those hardball-led teams. Yep. Um, was drafted originally by the Minnesota Vikings. Never really got um, a look in there. He did spend some time on the fifty-three but then spent some time on their practice squad and was signed to a futures contract in the... It was during the playoffs. Yep. Um, he was signed to a... January a futures, 12th. Yep, futures contract with the Panthers. And he's now in there, basically spent the whole offseason with them, which is great. And now he's been battling um, the line. And I've seen some good articles about him at Panthers. I've seen some bad ones as well. So it's a real mixed bag here whether he can make that 53.
2: He... He's in a good spot, though, because they're not necessarily strong at O-line. Now, their starting guards and center are quite good, but behind that, they're a pretty new O-line. There's a lot of new guys coming in. So he's probably in a good spot. Uh, so look, It's so hard to evaluate guys because you just can't get anything on them. Uh, he was a great college player, and he was a fifth-round pick in the NFL. So he can obviously play football. It's just going to be whether he... The Carolina Panthers want him on that roster, and it's just so hard to tell.
3: I think with him being there for the whole off-season program, it's is definitely an advantage. He, you know, gets to see the coaches, does a bit of work. Um, they see his work ethic. You know, hopefully he's hungry for the work, and you know, he's just asking questions and you know, getting in there every day and trying to get better. So, again, yeah,
1: good luck to David. Now
3: he
2: he is born in Australia, but he's.
1: I think he's, he left here when he was ten. I think I, no, that's I saw good him when, when he was last out.
2: We'll, we'll claim him. Yeah, How it, old is he now? Yeah, he's
1: it, when he was last here in in an off season, um, he he did the rounds um, and was on uh, a handful of the Fox Sports channels on Foxtel talking about it. And um, yeah, he's still very fond of Australia. Still has Australian citizenship and all that sort of thing. So I'm claiming him. I'm claiming him Until he says we can't. He's
2: he's a big kid, but a lot of the uh, I read some some draft info on him today and his letdown was, was his strength. He has some limitations in that area and he's not super athletic. Like he only ran a 5'5 a five five for a guard that's that's probably a little slow. So he, he is 6'6", 320 pounds. He's so a unit. He's a big guy and that would suit that Carolina Panthers power run because they use the quarterback so often to carry It, it gives you an extra blocker. So look, He's on the bubble now. There's articles here about him being on the bubble. Let's just hope he can, he can have a really good end at camp, play a couple of good preseason games and lock him down that spot and hopefully someone's there rooting for him at Carolina and can get him in.
1: Right now there are six Australians in camp. How many make 53? Well,
2: let me do this. Brad Wing's in, Gottsis is in, Barry's in, Lockie Edwards. I'm going to say five. I'm going to say David Yankee or Blake Muir. One of them will make it. Nice.
3: Chris? Yeah, yeah, let's let's go with five. Let's, uh, unfortunately, one will miss out, but hopefully that one that's not in it is on a
2: practice squad or I think, something. But, so. Yeah, I think definitely. That's why I, I kind of... It's being a bit harsh. I kind of hope Yankee makes it because I don't think he's practice squad eligible, where if he made it, Blake Mueller can still be <clears throat> practice squad, and I think he definitely will be because he's, he's that he's that good yeah. a caliber player.
1: And it'd be great if one of the... Uh, are there Australian punters or kickers that are, that are floating around Surely right Hackett's now? Surely Hackett's going to get a Hopefully go somewhere. Hopefully one of them gets to go somewhere.
3: Yeah, I think that's the disappointing part, that he's not getting that film you know, for other people. So um, yeah. good luck to him.
1: Coming up next, we will chat about the NFC North, which, surprise, surprise, the Vikings actually took out. The NFC North, last year won by the Vikings eleven and five. They finished the season not um, okay, getting playoffs with a three-game winning streak to help get them to that top spot, earning themselves a home playoff game. Uh, James, I, I think in our preview last year you might have had them in the playoffs. I Think you had that right? Um, yeah, Adam is. A I didn't. Card. I don't particularly rate them, and the more I was looking at it today, I think, gee, I'm actually probably wrong here. <laughs>
2: they they've got some really good weapons and again like we discussed most weeks it's going to come down to one guy and it's a guy that i don't have a ton of confidence is, in in sorry it's teddy bridgewater yeah uh, i think that's why so, i'm not big on him he's so what's the word Plac- Ordinary? placid he's just so mediocre
1: he's short yeah. doesn't have a big arm not particularly Small hands,
2: accurate he he's a really good Uh, Leader, and that's not even the right word, he controls an offense really well. That's what he does well. I just don't think you can win in the NFL with just controlling an offense. You need to be – you need to be able to get the ball downfield, and that's what hurt them last year. They couldn't get it downfield ever, and unless they can fix that, I can't see them – look, I I can see them making playoffs again, but I can't see them going much further. In saying that, they were a missed field goal away from – know the NFC Championship game last year. Sorry, the, the 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 divisional round last year. They they probably should have won that game. So who knows what happens if they get through to that if they get through that round. Um. So yeah, but that, that's that's my issue with them. What, what's your thoughts, Chris?
3: Oh, I was looking through them today, and you know looking for their receivers and stuff. And if they don't have AP in there, like you know, there's not much of their offense um, around it. So. Um, it's going to make it easy, easier i guess for a defense to know that for them to go anywhere that it's going to be on the ground so um
1: I like i like stephon Diggs. Um, i think he's a good as player, receiver i but think he's not a number 1 no and yeah yeah they've got they got a good um a good tight end in rudolph if he can find a bit of that form yeah. that left him a little bit he, last he, year he was
2: okay last year he wasn't but he was probably their best offensive player, and teams work that out.
1: I just don't understand how they can't how they can't work out how to use Cordell Patterson. I just don't understand.
2: It's because he's stupid.
1: <laughs>
2: Seriously, <laughs> now, that's what
1: all they ever say about pull it. Pull the curtain back a little bit. We got a tiny bit of insight. We there.
2: have a little bit of inside intel <laughs> from where he played college at Tennessee. From I won't mention anyone who was, but we know someone from there, and basically he. Said he's the best athlete he's ever seen in his entire life. He's never seen anyone move like that. But he is dumb. So all they would do was send him on crossing routes and fades. And they would tell him what to run in the huddle because he couldn't learn the plays. It's, uh, I just... To me, that's not being... You can't be that dumb. That's it's, not caring enough.
1: It's such a shame. He's such a freak show athlete. If they could work out how to use him with Teddy, who can move a little bit. Yep. you got an outstanding running back.
2: Shovel passes,
1: reverses, and a little a little something. Get it into his hands and say, "Run, Cordell, run!" I just, I can't understand how they haven't. I just, the ceiling, the ceiling
2: for him now is to be an all-pro punt returner. That's his ceiling. I just, I've given up on him as a receiver. I just don't think he's intelligent enough. But as a punt returner and a kick returner, he can still be scary. What they need is Laquan Treadwell, who they picked, I believe, twenty-two in the draft. He's a big, physical. He's not. Forty fast, but he plays fast. If you, he, I think he ran a four six at, at the combine, but when you watch his tape, he plays much quicker than that. And he's big; he's a red zone yeah, threat, big physical target. If they can get him going. Then Stefan Diggs can play that second string guy. Charles Johnson is a really good slot receiver. I, I really rate him as a slot receiver. Then, you, then you're looking all right. Zach Rudolph will get a little bit less double coverage because they've got to look after Treadwell. Uh, that that could help them. And, of course, you've got Adrian Peterson, and they have a very good offensive line. Their offensive line's great. I was
1: it's- just going to come to that. Oh, I I, you, I do go to you for my offensive line news. <laughs> um, yeah, looking around, I mean, it starts in the middle. Yeah, Joe Berg is outstanding.
2: He's a really good center. And John Sullivan, who's his backer, who's actually a, a really good center too. They brought Alex Boone over from... Uh, The 49ers, I expect him to start at left guard and Brandon Fusco to start at right guard. I think he's a really good guard too. I I feel like pro football focus get uh, get offensive linemen wrong a lot because I don't think Berg is the second best center in the NFL and I don't think Brandon Fusco is the 44th guard in the NFL. I think sometimes it's a bit off. Uh, Matt Khalil is the laziest, most frustrating offensive tackle I've ever seen.
1: I thought you could say human on the planet then. Oh, I don't know him as a human. <laughs> he might
2: he might be a real assertive guy in real life. I don't know. But when he's on the field, he's lazy. He has great technique, great exercise. His hands go to his bloody ankles. He's rookie year. He dominated because he gave a crap, and then he doesn't give a crap anymore. He's collecting a paycheck and trying to get as much as he can out of his career before he leaves. He just just does not give a crap about it, and that's really frustrating because he's got all the tools. Um Andre Johnson's a really good right tackle and Phil Lodeholt who missed pretty much the whole he missed the whole season on in the preseason last year is another good tackle but neither of them are left tackles so they're stuck with Matt Khalil and they've probably got you know Andre Smith and Lodeholt having to fight for right tackle. Lodeholt has played guard before but I don't think he'll beat out the other guys so you've got a starting caliber tackle probably sitting on the bench somewhere so they've got to work out what they want to do there whether they you know move move it around a bit.
1: When you look at their defense, we've been on offense the whole time. It's pretty much all built around Anthony Barr and Harrison Smith. Yeah, they're good players.
2: I really like uh, Kendricks, Eric Kendricks, rookie last year. I thought he should have been the defensive MVP. He played really well. He was consistent. I really like him. He's someone you can build around. Anthony Barr is so versatile. He can play your edge rusher. He can play a 3-4 as as an outside linebacker. He can play your Mike. Sorry, he can play your Sam in the 4-3. He can play your Will in the 4-3. He can do everything you need for him. Cover, rush, tackle. He's a good all-round linebacker and such a good football player and a lot the same with Harrison Smith. You've got him coming down cracking skulls because he hits really hard. They've got some good players. I think this team will be Destined by their by their defense, Terrence Newman. I can't believe he's still playing in the NFL. He's about thirty seven years old, still getting it done. One of my all time favorite players, and Xavier Rhodes, in my opinion, is one of the. I think I had him in my top ten corners in the NFL. I'm pretty sure I did. not think he was tenth. So I'm I'm really high on him too. Interested to see how Trey Wayne's goes this year. It was their first round pick last year, and they have Mackenzie Alexander. Who they took in the first round in the second round this year. Sorry, so they they've got some talent there. It's just see how it all comes together. You definitely went to the right person
3: for your O-line news there, and D-line news there, Richie. <laughs> He's yeah. always a guy. Very go comprehensive. It. Yeah, look, I I think they're going to be uh, competitive again. You know, uh, Teddy Bridgewater's sophomore year, you know, his second year blue, see how he goes. He'll either sink or swim, I reckon. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Um, but, they, you know, they, it's just seen here they have a, a turnover ratio of plus five. So, you know, they're getting five more possessions a game. You know, yep. with AP in the backfield, you know, you're backing yourself, you know, to, to get down the field. So uh, I think they're going to be thereabouts.
1: I'm inclined to agree. I kind of don't want to because I don't know why something about them rubs me the wrong way. I actually think they're coached really well. Um, and they have AP. Know, and, and they have yeah. like the, we which... None of
2: us said it because it's just, you know, like, they have AP. If he's as good as he was last year, They're going to be better because their offense is...
3: 1,400 yards, 11 touchdowns. He is such a good
2: running back. And he can lose a step and still be effective because of how well he reads the field and reads the block. I just think he's going to be... If you've got him on your team, you have a chance. They've got a guy on second and one, third and one, they can just hand it to, and he'll get it. And that's something that a lot of teams don't have.
1: Makes life a lot easier. Turning now to the... Packers finished the season 10-6. and six. They Chris's Packers. Chris's Packers. They the dropped their Packers. last two games uh, of the season. Put out a couple of Hail Marys. One came off for them, one didn't. Um, interesting year for them. Probably the biggest note, the loss of Jordy Nelson last season. Probably affected them more than anybody really thought it would. Um, but led by all-star Aaron Rodgers.
3: Yeah, well, you know... To lose Jordy Nelson, you know, he had 13 touchdowns in 2014. So, you know, you got to then find those touchdowns somewhere else. Um, I think they've got a good schedule. Um, you know, the opposition teams they're going to play are going to be all right. Um, they only give up 21 points uh, on defense. They're so, a sneaky
2: good defense.
3: Yeah. I think Dom Capers is, you know, he, he just gets it done. He knows what he's doing. So, again, I think they're going to be... You know, I think they'll win the division myself. Um, their spread, the way Aaron um, spreads the ball around to all these different receivers, you know, they uh, everyone's getting it, you know. He doesn't just rely on, you know, Geordie or someone else. Uh, so um, I think a big loss is going to be uh, John Coon. He's... he's Traded or left? Oh, he's
2: gone down to the Saints, I believe. Yeah, um, he, they left him free agency.
0: So
3: he's, he's a
2: emotional leader as well. He
3: is, yeah. You know, the crowd always call out his name, and in the locker room, he was a big one in the locker room. So, you know, because
2: he was in the Green Bay
3: that's, Packers training yeah, camp when I was in the <laughs> locker room with him. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, so, Damn you! Sorry. We're, we're actually going to
1: bring a game in. I played, and you didn't? <laughs> <laughs>
3: bring that in one day. I didn't. Plus, recently playing Tahiti, though. So, that's that's you could have if you'd wanted to. Trust me, <laughs> I didn't know about it. He's dragging um, out the Aussie punter right there. So, <laughs>
2: no, he was, he was good. He had to try it with the Carolina Panthers, so he's all right, too.
3: Yeah, I think I, I look, I, I think with Geordie in there, and uh, I think they're going to be you know top of the top of the tree in that division again.
2: Well, lo- losing Geordie, I think, affected Randall Cobb more than the entire offense because all of a sudden he had to be the number 1 and he's not that player no he's not and that's not saying that he's not a good player he's a really good <laughs> slot receiver but they tried to put him on the outside and they couldn't so then Devonta Adams had to play the outside who no one had any respect for so they double covered Cobb still and they just couldn't get it done. They do have one of the best names in the NFL with Jared Abadaris, at wide receiver. That's you're a gonna good go, name. Ha ha,
1: Clinton Dix. Ha,
2: Clinton Dix is is a terrible name. <laughs> so let's know. look, Eddie Lacy. Interesting to see how he how he bounces he back. Bounce back yeah. He's Apparently, skinny. He I think he's going to have a good down. year. Yeah. And adding Jared Cook in free agency, I think that is an outstanding move. I'm really looking forward to seeing how that works out. He is a good receiving tight end, and that's something that Rogers hasn't had since he had Jamarcus Finley. Um, who, re- michael Finley, sorry, because he uh, who hurt his neck and had to retire. So yeah. that's something they've added. offensive line, they're really solid. PJ Lang, Josh Sitton, they're really, really good guards, like really good guards. Tough. They're both top ten guards in my mind. Um, JC Treaders, a pretty good tackle. I think Brian Belugal he had a bit of an injury, injury riddled year last year. He'll come back to right tackle and take over. What they need is a left tackle to step up. Whether it's J. C. Treder or David bah- Baharati, I'm not sure who's going to do it, but someone has to, or they need to find someone who can. That that could hurt them because it, it did last year. They got up a lot of sacks.
1: We mentioned quickly. Uh, their defense is sneaky good. It's like, sneaky I think it's good. actually underrated. Yeah, you know,
2: they've got good corners. Their
1: secondary is good. They have got good corners. Yeah. They have got good safeties as well. Yeah, like, I actually think they're they're built pretty well on the outside and and even on the inside. I mean, Mike Daniels. Is a really He's good player one of my inside. D linemen. So there's plenty of talent there that I I don't think they're going to have to be as reliant on the offense as they have been in in past years. They need pass rush. Oh, that's and that's great. going
2: to come by moving Clay Matthews back to the edge. I think they drafted a middle linebacker. I'm not sure which one it was. They took, they took him in the second round, I believe. I think he'll... he'll Go back to the outside linebacker. They'll play Sam Barrington and the the rookie. I just it's, it's, it's slipping my mind who it was. They'll, they'll play him inside because uh, they need him to pass rush. He he's been really good at middle linebacker for them, but that's not where no, he belongs. No. He's an all pro outside linebacker. Yeah. Get him where he belongs. Let him rush because he's the fortieth ranked middle linebacker. Where I reckon he's a top ten edge rusher.
1: Yeah, any tire, uh, any tread left on the Julius Peppers tires?
2: Absolutely, there is. And yeah. you know, I actually did some research on him today. What a career! He, he's he, yeah, I, he he'll he's so good. <laughs> I think he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Honestly, he's had a terrific career. He retired into this season. You know, maybe puts up another six or seven sacks. He's up. He's in the top ten for sacks already. I think he's just yeah. had a fantastic career, and he just keeps playing well. He just keeps playing it's, well. It's going, keeps yeah. playing well. Uh, they need. Dayton Jones or Nick Perry to step up. That's the other thing they need. Or even Mike Neal, he could do it. They need in another rusher to step up to get them to that Super Bowl. That's what I believe. The offense is fine because you have Rodgers. You're going to yeah. win games. You're going to score points. Their running game will be better this year. But that's what they need. They need that pass rush. I think
3: a couple of things that I've had a look at. Um, they got their bye in week four um so that's very that's early very ones. early you know so you you're going for the rest of the season there you know week in week out so i think that might be a little question for them hopefully they stay healthy um you know because that doesn't give you your chance later on in the year and you know hopefully their special teams can uh get something done they didn't score a touchdown on special teams last year really no return touchdowns or anything so hopefully you know um you know there's competition in there with Tim this year um with the local boy um Peter mortel I believe his name is okay he's uh actually I did some work with him when I was over there when he was still in high school um then he went off to Minnesota became a really good punter there and now he's yeah you know, he actually grew up, he grew up in Green Bay he's uh his dad was actually my bank manager in Green Bay helped <laughs> me set up an account and we still deal with him. So he's as local as they come. Um, so I wish him all the best. I, you know, he was a good kid.
1: Let's get him on the show. Um,
3: what yeah. time is
1: it in the US? Just give a call. The if, time is if, if,
2: if, if he makes the team, we'll get him on the show.
3: <laughs> yeah, but, like, yeah, hopefully, you know, I think, again, Green Bay will be right up there. I'm pretty sure they'll win that division and will be um, daylight to the next two teams that we'll speak about.
1: First one off the rank, the Detroit Lions seven and nine. They actually finished the season on a three-game winning streak, uh, but the best receiver in the NFL doesn't play for them anymore.
2: No, he retired prematurely, which shits you. It doesn't.
1: <laughs> it yes, it does. Me. It hundred percent does. It really shits me. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it really does. Look, this team have has had so much change. They've got Stafford there still. Who oh, look. He's got a good arm and he puts up good numbers and
3: but I think he's just, tough too. I think he's a tough. He's tough. He, he's doesn't
2: He's probably more physical tough than he is mentally tough. I think that's yeah. an issue. He throws when he throws picks, he tends to throw more than one. He kind of crumbles a bit. However, when he's going, he's good, but I just it, all the ability hasn't translated for me yet. He doesn't read coverages very well. He makes basic mistakes. And he doesn't have Calvin Johnson to bail him out anymore, and that's a real problem.
1: No, I mean he does have Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, and they just added Anquan Bolden.
2: So, which one of them, when you're at the ten, and you get one on one, are you going? I'm throwing this up for a fade. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm probably going to call some sort of concept, trying exactly. to get the ball in the end zone.
2: They have not given. Now, Marvin Jones, Anquan Bolden's, you know, he's pretty old, but he's had a great career. Um, golden Tate is a, is a slot receiver he 's not an outside guy i that 's a bit unfair he, he can play outside but he 's not six foot five going to go up and snag a ball one on one that's not that 's not what he does
1: but you don't you don 't just go and get calvin Johnson
2: I know, but they haven 't done anything to replace that style of player. Marvin Jones is not that style Anquan but, Bolden is not that style
1: yeah, but even in the draft there's there weren't any like that Treadwell was probably the only one.
2: And they so could have had
1: him. In... Yeah. yeah, but they got so many. Uh, yeah. they got other needs.
2: Exactly. Look, I'm interested to see how Amir Abdullah is going to bounce back. I think he had a pretty average rookie year, in my opinion. He could have been a lot better. Uh, I hope he's good because he had a lot of hype coming out of college. Eric Ebron's the same. You take a tight end number six overall in the draft, you want him to be a lot better than what Eric Ebron has been so far.
1: He needs. To... Yeah, if you're taking that high, you have to become a lot. He's a
2: terrible run blocker. He literally, he can't even help with double teams. Dan split them all the time.
1: He may as well be an inside receiver.
2: He may as well. And he he is a very good receiver, so that makes up for it. He has to lift the offensive line. All they do is draft guards, and they never really develop. Riley Reef is a solid left tackle. There's nothing wrong with him. They took Taylor Decker in the first round, which this is what frustrates me. You need a left tackle because Riley Reef is more of a right tackle and you draft Taylor Decker, who's not a left tackle, over uh, who was the bong bong mask. What's his name again? Uh, Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil <laughs> Could have taken Laramie Tunsell and taken that risk, and you don't.
1: Got me off guard. I was reading down further <laughs> to make my next point.
2: That's what I mean. You know, they've got three good guards. They took Lake and Tomlinson in the first round last year at something like 22, and he's not even going to start for them. Yeah. It's wasteful picks like that that's going to hurt them.
1: I think uh, their strength is probably on their defense. They've got a good defensive line. Um
2: It's an okay defensive line.
1: Well, if well, they I had said, in no, no and it's Sioux. good. That is a good defensive line.
2: Who's who's good? Alodi Nada is over the hill and average. Ezekiel Unsight is one of the best DNs in the league, but that's it.
1: Yeah, I don't think Nada's not bad. He's good. He's, He's fine. not bad.
2: He's a solid run stuffer. Yeah, He's I, not gonna get you any rush.
1: No, but I think I think their D line's fine. They've got
2: Um, A'shawn Robinson in the second round was a great pick. Um, He was one of the top-rated D tackles, so he he, he could develop well. Tia Whitehead's a solid linebacker. Steven Tullock's now being cut, so he's not there anymore.
1: Darius Slay gives you a shutdown. He's a gun. He's a great player. So I think with with what they've got, with what he can do, they're not... I don't think that D is bad. I think it's going to be the O that hurts him, not the D.
2: I I think we had this discussion when we were talking about the Ravens. It is an entire... You, you look at questions. They have way too many questions that need to be answered. And this is their problem.
3: We love you, a good question, don't you, J.A.? <laughs> we love a
1: question. When you look at them last year, you know, they're, they're points for, points against. It, I mean, their points against was the highest in the division, which is never good. It was almost the same as the Bears. But, yeah. you know, I think... I don't know what it is about Detroit, Maybe it's the history of losing. They it's just
2: stank of losing.
1: They, yeah, it's hard to wash it off. It's a culture. Ask it's a the city. Browns. It's not a great city. I wouldn't want to be no, there. I wouldn't want to be there. No. no. I might get no. shot. It's shot. highest crime rate. Cross, cross the highway and get into Canada. It's probably safer two yards over the border yeah. than
3: it is <laughs> over there. That'd be a long eight mile to walk, that one, wouldn't it? That's a, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs>
1: now... Speaking of cities where I would want to be, Chicago which oh, is a yeah. great city. I like um, Chicago. Chicago Bears finished last year six and ten. A couple of key things last year: new coach um, in Fox, new defensive system, which you and I ragged on big time. I'm not ragged on, but it's so hard to switch defensive schemes. People don't don't get it. It's not like just go oh, just put no. another lineman in. I'll
2: just move my my three technique to nose tackle. Yeah, it it just, doesn't work. It just, like just that.
1: doesn't work like that. Now the big thing for the Bears is they actually sorted that out relatively quickly, that defense in the second half of the year actually played pretty well. The damage was done at the start of the year, not at the end.
2: And they've added some good players. Jarrell Freeman and Danny Trevathan, they're going to be a great 3-4 combo at middle linebacker. I really, really rate the Danny Trevathan move because he's a middle linebacker that can also cover really well. So it allows you to stay in your base a bit longer. Jarrell Freeman's not as good in coverage, but the way he plays the run, every 3-4 team needs this guy. He's a leader. He can call the plays. He can call the audibles. He can hit. He can tackle. He's hard to block. That is a really good combo they've got in there. And then they – I'm just trying to find his name because I've forgotten it – the outside linebacker. Uh, Leonard Floyd they took in the first round who one of the ones I got right in my mock draft he was always going there and he's an outstanding edge rusher I don't think he'll be super effective as a rookie but they have Penel McPhee and Willie Young to kind of get, get him through the phase of learning and I think he can turn into a really good player I think this defense has got the pieces to be really good I really do Kyle Fuller's a good corner they signed Brandon Boykin they've got, they got some really good pieces there
1: yeah I'm I'm inclined to agree. I uh, um, said so we, we were down on him big time. Like we picked them to be last division, and it turns out we we're right. But I'm shocked how quickly that John Fox was able to turn that defense into what he wanted. And it's not schemes. even his. It's not even his. He doesn't.
2: He's been known as a four three coach through his career. He doesn't usually run three fours, John yeah. Fox.
1: So it's, it's done a great job. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Now, all that being said, your quarterback's Jay Cutler, and <laughs> sitting above his head. Is a dirty, great big question mark.
3: It always has been, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, he has a cannon of an arm. That's one of the strongest arms
1: out there. And but he's smart. You he went to Vanderbilt, for God's sake. Um, oh, I think a he's question.
2: a good quarterback.
3: I'm, I'm not saying
1: he's bad, but there's still a ginormous question mark over he his head. He just
2: plays so badly sometimes, and it kills teams. Yeah,
1: it's like he's not there,
3: isn't it? He just doesn't
2: turn up to play. He's exactly right. Maybe yeah. he's looking at his wife in the stands like we like <laughs> <up>. <laughs> all Well, everyone else is. He's making yeah. <laughs> <run out there. laughs> Look, Olsen Jeffrey is a terrific wide receiver. I think he adds an element to that offense. If he can. If they can keep him happy, because he's not very happy right now, and... Happy players, an unhappy player is not going to help them. Kevin White will be back after missing all of his rookie season. He was a top, I think he was picked nine or eight, I believe, in the Something draft. Like so he's a top 10 guy. He's Zach a really talented well. football player. Yeah. Who says? Yeah. Zach Miller's a really solid tight end. He's not going to do anything.
1: He'll do it a traditional tight end. Does. He will
2: block well. He will do what he has to do as route runner and he'll do what he has to do catching the ball. And that's what he's there for. He got five touchdowns last year. So. Yeah. He's a solid tight end. Yeah. He's a yeah. solid tight end. Jeremy Langford was really good as a rookie, good enough that they moved away from Matt Forte for him. Um, Jaquiz Rogers will pick up the, the receiving stuff that Forte did. But I've been to how Langford goes. Their trouble is offensive line. Yeah. Manny Ramirez, is he's come from Denver. He was a guard there. He's going to go back to center where he traditionally started.
1: Is that why he signed to to move? I think so. Is it to go back to center? I think that's why he moved.
2: He's a solid center. Then after that, Kyle Long's a really, really, really good guard, but they play him at tackle.
1: So I'm so distracted. Is synchronized diving the dumbest sport in the Olympics? It's Sorry, Jay, it's behind your head. For those who don't oh. know, there's TVs everywhere in this studio. Is this just or the just most pointless thing?
3: That's solid, though. They want to medal those girls, I think. I'm not
1: bagging them. Sounds <laughs> it's like th- it. It's a stupid thing. <laughs> it sounds like it. It does, actually. I'm not
3: bagging, I'm but not it's the stupidest thing. Not
1: those two oh. people individually, See, but Jesus, dumb. Synchronized dumb swimming.
2: There's a lot
3: of other dumb sports out there synchronized swimming, curling. Do you know what isn't dumb? NFL. Because Groove was on TV today, that <laughs> would have been great. That would have been great.
1: I've just, just derailed the impact. It's fine. Look, That's either way, their O
2: line's a bit flawed, and they're going to have to. They have to find some players. If long can come into guard, it could help him. Cody Whitehair is listed as a tackle. He was drafted as a guard, I assume he'll play guard. There's just not a lot going on at tackle. So I don't know. Bob Bobby Massey's okay, but that's about it.
1: Alright, prediction time. Uh Chris, I'll start with you. Give me your order. One through four. I presume you've got the Packers winning the division. Your yeah, Packers.
3: Uh, yes, my my Packers, I think um with obviously, with Aaron at the helm, you know, and with Geordie back, you know, the, the spread of uh, receivers that he's got, the multiple options, you know, they're just going to go. So, if he stays fit, which I guess is a question mark on every side, isn't it? You know, everyone challenging. If your quarterback goes down, then yeah, everything the goes down. So, um, yeah, so I'd say the Packers. I'd say the Vikings. I reckon they um, won't will be as good, but I think, you know, I think Teddy Bridgewater will, will stand up okay. Um in his second year, and then I think it's a toss of the coin there. Um, I'd say let's go Chicago to jump up onto the to the third, and Detroit will just be
2: the cellar dwellers again. James, I have Minnesota one. Sorry, Chris, <laughs> is that right? <laughs> I have Tired Minnesota one. Uh, I'm yeah, we'll actually, I'm going to put Ramo some faith down. in uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I reckon he's going to develop. I think they've added some good pieces on offense, and I have I have them winning it. I have Green Bay just behind them. I mean, it could be, a you know, last, like last year, it could be the last game of the season that decides it again. I don't think Geordie's going to be as good as he was in the past. I think it's going to take him a season to get moving again. Well, he yeah. gets
1: 14 he- touchdowns. Even if he's half as good, he still gets yeah. seven.
2: Oh, yeah, and he'll be better than Devontae Adams. There's and no doubt about
1: that. He's on the pup right now. That's the concerning thing. He's got tendonitis exactly. in his non-surgically repaired.
2: Because he's, he's compensating for it all the time. Yeah. So th- th- that concerns me. I think Eddie Lacey is going to be great for them. I think their running game could really develop. And then I have uh, Chicago and Detroit. I think Chicago's defense is going to take a, a huge boost. And I think Cutler and Olson Jeffrey will do enough on offense to get them through a lot of games. Detroit, will. I think they'll really drop off. I think they're going to really struggle.
1: Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I'm going to go Packers, Vikings, Bears, Lions. To finish off today, we'll be talking about the 2016 Hall of Fame class. Over the weekend, the 2016 Hall of Fame class was inducted into Canton, uh, starting off with Edward de Jr., owner of the 49ers.
2: Well, I don't know much about the owners. I find... It might be naive of me, but I find it a bit odd that they put owners into the Hall of Fame.
1: Well, they own the league. They can do whatever the hell yeah, they want. <laughs> exactly.
2: Look, he turned the 49ers into the franchise it was in the 80s and 90s, basically.
1: Hired Walsh, drafted Montana.
2: Exactly. And that, there is massive things. And I, I listened to his... I watched the Hall of Fame induct, induction and I listened to his speech and he was really funny. He ragged on... Uh, Jerry Rice. It was really good. He called him a bit. Of, he called him very flamboyant in the locker room, and <laughs> it was really funny. And he's obviously was pretty well respected by all those players, and he put them onto a run that that won them four Super Bowls. So, obviously, did the right things.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's good ownership, doesn't it? You know, you, you look through the league. If there's a bad owner and doesn't put money in, it you know it affects everything. So, you know, obviously did a great job when he brought the side back in uh, '77, and yeah. He's now a Hall of Fame member.
1: Next Hall... uh, Sorry, head coach Tony Dungy won a Super Bowl with the Colts. Uh, Should have won one with Tampa Bay and started his career at Minnesota. Um,
2: Well, he did win one with Tampa Bay. He was a defensive coordinator for them.
1: We've won one Super Bowl and he was not there. He got fired the year before. Oh, did he? Yep. Oh, stiff. Basically, Gruden came in and won it with his defense, was still there. With...
2: Dungy's players. With
1: all those players. He added a few pieces, installed his offense, and they won the Super Bowl. Um, but that being said, that's taking nothing away from Tony Dungy. Uh, a real um, barrier breaker.
2: First African-American to win a Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. As a head coach.
2: That's pretty. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I think it so. It really is. And I remember when he lost his son. Uh, his son, I believe he committed suicide. Suicide, I think you're right. Yeah, it was about four days before a game and he, he actually coached the game and just really emotional and everyone who talks about him, all his players that talk about him, just a guy who loved football and loved his players and that's what coach that's yep. what players want as a coach. Yep. Someone who just genuinely cares.
1: Should have been straight in as he was. Turning to the players, probably the biggest name in the draw, in the class was Brett Favre, quarterback Originally out of southern Mississippi, was drafted by Atlanta. A lot of people don't know that. He was then traded to the Green Bay Packers. Chris, this is your wheelhouse. Talk about your hero.
3: Oh, he was... Obviously, he wasn't there when I was there, but there is a lot of resemblance of Brett Favre around the place. Um, When I was there, I think he was... The Jets, maybe, and then the Vikings after that. But yep. it didn't matter. It was it was Brett Favre everywhere. Every second road's named after him. All the restaurants, there's statues. Um, you know, you think of you think of Green Bay. You know, he's right up there. He he could walk down that street, and um, anyone would do anything for him. He's probably arguably the one or two highest names, biggest names in, in that small city. So. yeah. I um, I seen him say that he'll always be a Packer, and you know whatever happened after he left. But yeah, he's definitely the outstanding. His stats and his numbers uh, speak for themselves. So.
2: And he played for a long time, which his stats are high because of that. And twenty I actually, seasons. Yeah, 302 I, I watched and two games last night. I got home and watched. Gruden's quarterback camp was on, and it was Brett Favre doing the quarterback camp. He just did it recently, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, it was really, really good. And he, he said, you know, my numbers are high because I played for so long, but I also played at a very good level for so long too. And what really struck out from him was when they talked about the way he would celebrate when they scored and won, and he said what he missed the most about football, or sorry, what he's taken from not playing, where it wasn't that he had the cannon of an arm and threw the touchdowns, it was... Celebrating with his teammates, watching his teammates fight in the trenches, and basically loving his teammates. And that's what he misses from football the most. Quarterbacks like that, that's why Green Bay love him. That's why everyone who played with him loved him. His receiver, Antonio Freeman, who's caught the most touchdowns from him, came on the show and he still loved him. It was just, they were throwing the ball to each other and they were best mates. And that's what a guy like that does, and I'm so glad he's in the Hall of Fame. I think he's just such nah, a good football- Most, my, the most. I don't know if he's the best quarterback ever, but he's certainly one of the best to watch ever because he would just One swing of the, it. One of the yeah. toughest, too. Yep. He'd take hits. Yep. One
1: of the original gunslingers. Yep. Uh, would need to be a little rapid fire because we are running out of time. Kevin Green, linebacker defensive end, originally out of Auburn, and... Um, time with the rams steelers panthers and 49ers it's basically 15 seasons 228 games it's originally a fifth round pick overall
3: this guy he was a he was a linebackers coach at green bay when when i was there he, yeah he uh, he lit up the room he had the persona he had the the boots on he had the long flowing hair he had the deep voice he you know him working with uh, Clay Matthews, it was it was a sight to see. He was so intense at every training session. Um, and, yeah, you could see just what he was about. He was just a real hard, hardened footballer. And that's exactly how he played. Yep.
2: In his speech, he said um, oh, Bo Jackson. He started at the LA Rams with Bo Jackson, and he believes that Bo Jackson made him a good football player because no one ever hit him harder. So whenever he hit a running back, he would always thought to himself, uh, it's not like hitting Bo. It was like it was like <laughs> relief when he tackled other running backs, and he gave a lot of credit to that. Really good speech if people want to um, have a listen to that. Really, really good.
1: You should go look at them all. They're actually pretty They're good. They're all really yeah. good. Next up, Marvin Harrison, wide receiver, originally out of Syracuse, Indianapolis his entire career, 13 seasons, 190 games. Uh, caught a lot of passes from Peyton Manning. Uh,
2: and he was the top receiver for five or six years in the NFL. He holds a record for receptions in a season. He was one of the best and he wasn't exceptionally big, he wasn't exceptionally fast he wasn't exceptionally talented but he worked bloody hard. He ro- landed in a system with Peyton Manning where it worked and him and Reggie Wayne just excelled. And He should have been a first ballot in my opinion. Some off-field issues stopped him being that last year. Yep, I'm glad the people who voted him in came to their senses and got him in because he's one of the best receivers ever.
1: Next up Orlando Pace tackle out of Ohio State. Um was then with Rams and Bears played for 13 years, 169 games.
2: One of the best tackles yep.
1: I've ever watched. And
2: I I only started watching him late
1: in his career. 67320. Huge. And <laughs> wow, feet That's like
2: huge. feet like a ballerina. Outstanding, tough. He's a number one overall pick. He dominated college and then he came to the NFL and he dominated the NFL just guys like that that play for that long. It's very similar to, to a Joe Thomas, a Tyrone Smith. They just imagine never having to worry about what you were doing at left tackle for the for 13 years. That's what, that's what he did.
1: One of my favorites is next. Kenny Stabler, quarterback out of Alabama. Basically he spent most of his career at the Raiders, a little bit of time at the Oilers and the Saints at the end. Um, Bowl, no problem. 15 seasons. Uh, Go and jump on YouTube, kids. Just chuck in Kenny and left-handed and, and weirdo. Check it <laughs> out. <laughs> he <is> just, <laughs> He's just—he's the best. He
2: never looked like it was going to work, but it always did. Weirdo, it's got flamboyant here.
3: That's one word. <laughs>
1: <Flamboyant>. <laughs> He's um, go and have a, t- everything's on YouTube now. You'll be able to find some highlights of him. He's just a different cat, and the way he played football. Yeah, he had the long hair, and he kind of set the great. tone
2: for those. Quicker quarterbacks, I believe. Like, everyone kind of says that Warren Moon and Michael Vick were kind of the guys, but he was the original runner. Like He was quick and he used it. And back then it was you stand in the pocket and you throw it to your receivers and they run with the ball. He changed it and he was – yeah, flamboyant's a great word. It's exactly – watch him. It's exactly what he's like. It never looked like he knew what he was doing, but I guess in his head he always did. Um, Great, great work.
1: Last one, Dick Stanfield, guard uh- – San Francisco, uh, Lions, Redskins, played seven seasons, 73 games, Base spent most of his time at the Lions where he was really the anchor of their O line during a, season, a a period of time where the Lions were pretty good unlike right now. Uh,
2: this is a guy I don't know a lot about.
1: <laughs> he played in the 50s. This would be harder to find YouTube for you, Yeah, <laughs> that, there's not a lot about
2: him. What it was talked about in his speech that he was just a hard-nosed bully of a guard and – not a lot of guards make the Hall of Fame, so you must be a pretty damn good one to make it.
1: Yeah, I think if you're ever anywhere near Canton, Ohio, uh, don't really know why you would be, but if you are ever on holiday <laughs> in the area, be sure to get down there and check it out. I'm reliably told it's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I'd love to get there.
1: End of today's show. To everyone who's listening, sorry, we've run long. It's the longest show we've ever done. How long is it? Hour four. Oh, it's nothing. Chris Jeez. is gonna yell at us. But it's quality though. Quality. quality. Except
2: for when we talked about synchronized swimming.
1: That's it, that's why dominant. we probably run four minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> maybe next time we come in we turn oh, the no. tallies off. I think they've actually got medals around their neck now. Yeah, I, I feel you. really bad they're
3: yeah. winners. They did, they won bronze maybe or they won a medal.
2: Bronze. So, so that was a second loser.
1: No, a- <laughs> That's me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wrap this up before I say something I can't take back.
1: All right, let's get out of here. Thanks for downloading the SEN NFL podcast. You can follow James on Twitter at jartha 6594 You can follow Chris at chrisbryan82. You can follow me at richard03. Until next week, for JA, for Chris, I'm Richard. Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to the SEN NFL podcast. For more SEN America podcasts, head to sen.com.au.